Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition, where we keep you up to date with everything going on in the Cold Fusion community. We'll share the latest news on events, releases to engines, frameworks, libraries, and tools, as well as spotlighting quality content from the community. Hello, and welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition. Today is February 21st, 2023. This is episode 185. I am Eric Peterson, and with me today is a new host, Grant Copley. How are you doing, Grant? Hey, everyone. Doing good. Glad to be here. My uh, first time, so Woo-hoo. hopefully uh, we don't uh, light, light the uh, podcast on fire. <laughs> <laughs> For all 10 of you in the live chat, we will try not to light this on fire. <laughs> Well, we'd like to take a minute to thank our sponsor, Order Solutions, the makers of all your favorite box products. A few ways you can say thank you to their sponsoring this podcast is to like and subscribe to these videos on YouTube, to star and fork our dependencies on GitHub, subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast app of choice, sign up for a free or paid CFCast account, which is releasing new content every week. Buy some awesome swag from our Box Life store, which, as I say swag, it makes me think that's probably not the right term because it's not stuff we all get. Merch. Merch from our Box Life store. (laughs) Or buy one of our awesome books, like 102 Cold Box Quick Tips and Tricks, or learn Modern Cold Fusion in 100 Minutes. Yeah, and a a big thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. Uh, We have 42 Patreons right now that are providing... 100% 100% of the funding for this podcast uh, via our Patreon site. So thank you for that. And we also, we have another goal with Forgebox, and we are currently at 37% fully funded for that. So thank you so much to our Patreons. All right. It looks like we're going to jump right in, right? Uh, news and announcements? Yes. All right. So in case you missed it, we've announced this a couple times now, but uh, there was a authentication vulnerability in Mura CMS and Masa CMS. So the uh, details of that vulnerability are going to be released March 6th, and that's quickly approaching. So we will have a link to uh, the blog posting for that where you can get some additional information there. That's right. Also, in case you missed it, we are in the State of the CF Union season. This is the annual survey done by Terratech that helps us find out what versions of CFML everyone's using, Adobe versus Lucy, tooling, testing, uh, IDEs, all of that fun stuff. Uh, It really helps us out at Ordis as well, knowing what to support. So please take the time to fill out that survey. We will drop that link in the show notes and in the chat. Awesome. Um, upcoming, we've got the Cold Fusion Summit East 2023 MVC training workshop. So we're going to be doing a training workshop uh, before that conference in Washington, D.C., and that is on April 4th. Uh, Luis Mahano, uh, the creator of Cold Box, he'll be leading this workshop and bringing in a, a in, in-depth one-day workshop that you can attend. So it's going to have a variety of theories, hands-on coding, some best practices, and some tools that you um, hopefully will find useful. So definitely check that out. That's right. And just a point of order, uh, this is actually the day after the conference. 
April 4th. All right, well, let's jump into some updates and releases. We only have one this week. CB Security 3.1 has been released. Uh, just two features to highlight. One was an update to the CBCSRF library. There's a lot of letters there. Sorry. Um, but also a way to generate secure and random passwords using the new create password method. So you can give it something like, I want a 21-character password with symbols, uppercase, lowercase, and numbers. And it will spit it out at you. So um, could be nice for your uh, application if you're sending passwords uh, to a user when they want to reset it. Say, use this one. It'll be good for one time. Things like that. You have that built into CB Security now. Very cool. Um, as far as webinar meetups and workshops, uh, we do have a Ordis event calendar that we've mentioned before, but we'll be we'll keep posting that. So anything that we've got going on here at Ordis, we'll we'll have that in the calendar if you uh, want to keep up with us. And there's always a lot of stuff, um, and even I get lost in it all. <laughs> um, and in addition to that, we still got Ordis Fridays. They're back in full effect. And these are where we have like a one-hour session where you can come and talk to a few of us here at Ordis, ask any questions you might have about really anything that you're you're doing with your code, you know, something that may, you might need help with or just getting ideas. Uh, I've been to a couple of these now, and they're actually a lot of fun. We get into some really cool conversations. So uh, the next one is uh, March 3rd, and that's going to be at 11 a.m. Central Time. So please join us if you can. feels so crazy that we're almost in March already. I know. Oof. All I'm right. <laughs> well, let's talk about some CFCast content updates. Um, as usual, you can find the latest Forgebox module of the week and the VS Code hint, tip, and trick of the week up there. But also, we've had three new videos released in the Mastering Command Box 5 series. This is a new series by Mr. Bradwood himself. All of these videos are free. You don't even need to sign up for an account to go watch them. So this week, we had CFconfig, EMVVAR overrides, HTTP2 support, and AJP secrets. So... Go ahead and check out those videos over on CFCast. We'd love for you to sign up for an account, track your progress, and check out some of the other awesome series that we have over on CFCasts. Coming soon, we still have 24 videos to go in the Command Box series. So we're going to be keeping you nice and happy with Command Box love coming up. Nice. Uh, there's a CB Wire series coming from you. Is that right, Grant? Building a Twitter clone? Is there? Is there? Is there? Probably should finish those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, there there is one in the works. Uh, we're actually going to be doing a Twitter clone uh, with CB Wire and getting into Alpine JS too. So I'm really excited about that one. That's awesome. So that will be coming soon. Also coming soon uh, is Coldbox Elixir by myself, getting you started with that, and getting started with Cold Content Box from Daniel Garcia. So Very lots nice. of great content coming and lots of great content dropping right now. Head on over to CFCast to check that all out. Very cool. Okay, we've got uh, some conferences and training coming up. The first one is GitHub Galaxy. 
That's going to be here pretty soon, March 28th. Um, save the date for global enterprise event focused on improving efficiency, security, and developer productivity. And uh, it looks like this was formerly known as GitHub in Focus, and it's been changed to GitHub Galaxy. Uh, but there's uh, a place where you can do a virtual registration, and we'll be posting the links for that. The other one that we've got coming up is DevNexus, uh, which is the big the conference in Atlanta. And that's going to be April 4th through the 6th. And this is a really great conference. They've got all kinds of topics from Kubernetes and Java and uh, software architecture. I think I even saw they've got some um, Kotlin courses or um, sessions that they're doing. So all kinds of stuff that uh, might interest you. And you can check that out at devnexus.com and register for that. All right, back to talking about CF Summit East. That is, we're going to work through these backwards. That is Thursday, April 6th. This is, as far as I can tell, a free event. Com yep, complimentary breakfast and lunch provided. So April 6th, 8 to 4 at the Marriott Marquis in Washington, D.C. If you're interested, the day before is a Cold Fusion certified professional, um, not workshop, I'm not certification program. There's the word. So that is on uh, April 5th, the day before. And I have to revise my current, my previous revision in that Luis's workshop is on April 4th, which is the Tuesday. So you can come to Luis's workshop, learn about Coldbox, go get certified as an Adobe uh, Cold Fusion professional, and then attend CF Summit East. It's like the Cold Fusion Dev Nexus because it's during the same days. So lots of great stuff going on in D.C. at the beginning of April. Next, we got Vue.js Live, May 12th and 15th, online and in London. You can go join at Vue.js.live.com. And tickets... There's a few different uh, passes for tickets, so you can go check that out. Cheap as, cheap as uh, wow, these are all in different currencies. That's weird. Uh, 80 euros. And that wasn't the weird part. It's just they're mixing euros and pounds, and that got me confused. So <laughs> go check that out at vjslive.com. I was looking at that, Eric. Is that, so that's primarily an online conference? Uh, yes. And then if you are traveling to London or live close to there, you can go. Uh, join that uh, live. Um, we have another Vue.js one coming up for the U.S. folks, too, if they want to go live. So we'll talk about that in a minute. And uh, coming up here very soon, uh, Into the Box 2023. So this is the 10th edition. So we've got a, a lot to celebrate. We're going to have some great sessions. Uh, that's going to be in the Woodlands, Texas. So that's just outside of Houston. And uh, this year, we'll continue the tradition of training. We'll have some pre-conference hands-on training that you guys can attend. And, uh, of course, have the live mariachi band, which is always awesome. And, uh, and then we're back. Uh, let's see. However, we are back to our spring schedule and weather in the woodlands also. Oh, sorry. I'm rereading stuff. But it is our 10th year, so we're very excited about it and uh, would love to have you if you can make it.
Um, the call for speakers, I believe, is closed. Oh, right, yes. Eric? Yes, that is closed. We have been selecting sessions. Um, they should be coming up on the website soon. Uh, we have a neat mix this year of kind of your normal 45, 50-minute sessions, but also we have some double-length sessions, some hands-on where you can kind of dive deeper into a topic. Uh, I know I have, uh, I'm going over quick in one of those, so we can take a little bit longer to go build a blog with quick. And there's some other great ones coming up. So it's like, a, I don't know, like a mini workshop. You can come the day before the conference for a full day workshop. You can do mini workshops. You can go to these awesome sessions. All those should be posted soon to the, the into the box website. Yeah. I'll, um, Add that link here in the chat. Get to it. And uh, another conference, viewconf.us, is coming up. That's going to be in New Orleans, uh, May 24th through the 26th. And um, I've got here in my notes jazz, code, and view, which are all awesome things. Although I don't listen to a lot of jazz, but I respect it nonetheless. <laughs> Um, so May 24th is actually the workshop day. And then the main conference is going to be the 25th through the 26th. So check out uh, viewconf.us for information on that. And as somebody who's done a lot of UJS, I feel like even I could jump into one of these workshops now because view three, I'll tell you, view three is a different beast than view two. Um, yeah, especially I'm the view X stuff. Yeah. yeah, I haven't even jumped into that part. Yeah, just like switching from the options to the composition and the setup. So like, I'm sure it's going to be great. But right now I'm still like, Ugh. maybe I can yeah. cut off updating for a while until I can get some training around it. So maybe this is a good op opportunity. Yeah, sure. All right. And finally, CF Camp is back June 22nd and 23rd in Munich at the Hotel Mi the Marriott Hotel Munich Airport in Freising. The call for speakers is open. It is open until March 15th. So go ahead and get those submissions in. And uh, yeah, this is a great conference. I still hope I can make it. It's a little pricey to fly over, you know, from the States, but, but still could maybe happen. So Yeah, that's a maybe for me too. So I'm really hoping that works out. I mean, anybody who's traveled internationally will know that the hardest part of this, I feel, is uh, you, you have to come in days early to get rid of the jet lag to be able to pay attention. You know, yeah, especially that's we like to come in and do workshops and you just can't fly in, you know, the day before the workshop and think you're yeah. going to do it. So uh, good times. All right. And if you are still in the need of conferences, comps.tech has you covered. Go ahead and check them out for any other conferences that you would like to attend. Very cool. All right. Uh, our next section is blogs, tweets, and videos of the week. So it looks like uh, on the 14th, Luis Mahano uh, tweeted out about Coldbox 7 Wirebox Module Inception. If you've seen... Um, the movie Inception, you might know just kind of how far and deep this can go. But uh, <laughs> one of the really cool features that I have yet to fully understand yet is uh, hierarchical injectors for modules in Coldbox 7. 
And so each module can have an injector and a dependency resolution. So what that really means, from what I understand, is that you can mix and match module versions in complete isolation. Um, and I think that, so yeah, you can have, from what I understand, Eric, multiple uh, or different versions of a module in a single app, ultimately. Is that right? That is ultimately what we're going for. Um, yeah. You might have ran into situations where um, you have a dependency. The one I remember the best was CP Storages. Uh, it got a, a major version update. The you know API changes, and there were some libraries using the old one and some using the new one, which meant you couldn't use them in the same app. Um, you know, kind of an issue. You'd either have to wait till the one updated or keep everything held back. And so, uh, in this case, each module will be able to look through its own dependencies first if they are different. And if it can't find it in its own dependencies, it can look up the chain and all the way to your like your Wirebox binder at the top of your app, the one that you are in the config Wirebox CFC for. Mm. Gotcha. So, yeah. Um, and then I believe it will still do like deduplicating on the command box side. So make sure you're using command box to install your dependencies. If they have the same like semantic version range that satisfies with one version of the application, uh, it, or module, it will just install that one. You don't have to litter your code with, you know, 12 versions of the same dependency. It still can be smart about it. So that's super cool. Yeah. I've ran into some of that versioning stuff with CB wire and the, um, the dependencies within that. Cause it's got CB validation, um, and a few others that I've ran into some versioning issues. So this will be kind of cool to check out. Absolutely. All right. We also have some updates. Uh, I found this fun. Uh, this is in dis the Lucy Discourse, and it's about some of the updates in the latest stable version, Lucy 5.3.10, and uh, specifically about deploying Lucy. And what I thought was mostly fun about this is it is on a very old Discourse thread. Uh, like Brad made this thread in August of 2015. <laughs> And uh, Zach came back in here saying, hey, here's what we have now. And he's talking about uh, the config import function, which uses the cfconfig JSON file format to import uh, config changes to Lucy. Um, talked about deploying extensions via the deploy folder, the Lucy en enable warmup EMVVAR for fast deployment and warming up images. Um, startup listeners that you can use to listen and then to configure your Lucy server using good old CFML. And then this is one I didn't know. They have a script runner for Lucy. So it's headless. There's no HTTP server, but you can still run all the cold fusion stuff. It's kind of like, I mean, it's kind of mm. like a man box in that sense. Mm. Um, so yeah, just some neat things. And I just thought it was fun also that it was on, you know, this super old thread. So you have everything from August 2015 to six days ago. So way to go, Lucy. Awesome things. And thanks, Zach, for posting all those. Yeah, very cool. Let me checking that out. Uh, we have a, a, a blog post from Ben Nadell. Um, so Ben's been posting a lot about uh, Hotwire and Turbo. And uh, he's got a blog post on updating permanent elements on page navigation in Hotwire and, uh, and on Lucy. So I did go through this. He's uh, actually using, there's a, 
there's an attribute that you can use called data-turbo-permanent. And ultimately, uh, Hotwire and Turbo, they're doing some caching when you're using it and you're navigating from uh, page to page. And so uh, Ben kind of covers that. He goes through um, and is doing really kind of a series on um, Hotwire and Turbo. And if you don't know what those are, they're really kind of like HTML over the wire solutions. So if you're working in apps that, you know, um, a lot of the apps we're working in today where you've got you know, a front end that's built with maybe Vue.js or React that are making background Ajax calls to ColdFusion. Um, and it's returning JSON for your front end. This is kind of a different paradigm in that it's actually returning HTML um, from those endpoints instead of JSON. And there's some really cool stuff with Hotwire and how it caches. And you can build like single page applications um, without having to build an API. So uh, Ben's been covering a lot of stuff there. So check out that blog. Awesome. Well, let's jump into find a job on CFM, getcfmljobs.com this week. There are 51 confusion positions from 31 companies across 24 locations in five countries. This week, there is one new job listed. It is a ColdFusion consultant and developer um, in London, United Kingdom. All, additionally, I found uh, when preparing the show notes, Adobe had posted on Twitter a job posting at Seize Candy uh, for a CFML developer. So we'll add that in as well. Um, that was not on the CFML job site, but definitely uh, mentions ColdFusion in the position. If you're looking for other places for jobs, you can check out the jobs channel in either the CFML Slack team or the box team Slack team or both. Okay, let's check out the Forgebox module of the week this week. We're bringing back some of our favorites this week. We're choosing the AWS CFML library. This is the library for interacting with the, the various AWS APIs straight from ColdFusion. Uh, you could set up the Java SDK. That would be one option and quite a lot of uh, prerequisites and work to get that going. But uh, Or you could use this AWS CFML made by John Bearquist and others. Uh, requires Lucy 4.5 or ColdFusion 11. It's very backwards compatible and supports a Good handful of the Cold Fusion APIs. You of course get S3 that you'd expect, EC2, DynamoDB, um, their SQS, SNS. We'll just you know keep throwing out acronyms as long as we want. You can check out the full <laughs> uh, list on the modules page. Uh, one of the reasons I wanted to bring it in is uh, it's soon to support the Amazon Connect service because I'm adding that. Um, very easy to add to. Uh, I'll say if you needed to add in a service to the AWS SDK, this is very well architected. It's been very easy to add this in. Um, John Bearquist, if you're listening, look for my pull request. So hey, Eric, it. just real quick, what is the what is the Amazon Connect service? It is a call center. So like setting up uh, agents, outbound calls, inbound calls, queues, things like that. Oh, okay. So have a client that is in need of working with that. And so we're writing the API library right here. 
So will most of you use it? Probably not. But when you, if you do, you will be very glad there's this library. <laughs> very cool. Yeah. And there's just some really, I'm, I'm just, I'm excited that, uh, you know, all of these different um, services that this library already supports. Like I think recognition, isn't that, isn't that like an image uh, recognition service that AWS has that you can use? Basically you can feed it images, I believe, and get like, metadata back yeah on those images and things like that so yeah it's a like an image recognition video analysis uh library so yeah there's lots of crazy stuff i mean aws probably does what you want but uh it might be hard to figure out how to make it do that (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's fair (laughs) that is fair okay uh VS Code Hint Tips and Tricks of the Week. Um, The one we are featuring this week is SQL Tools. So this is a database management for VS Code. Um, I pulled this down, I think maybe last week and was just uh, playing around with it. It's it's actually got a lot of stuff built in um, for VS Code. It's got a beautifier and a formatter for your SQL code, a query runner, it's got history and bookmarks and it's got your connection uh, right there in VS Code so you can kind of navigate different connections to different databases. And the other thing is it's got surprisingly a lot of drivers built in. So uh, some of the official drivers are uh, MySQL, Microsoft SQL, uh, CockroachDB, it's got PostgreSQL, SQLite, and then I... um, I can't remember all the other ones, but there's just a handful too of unofficial drivers as well. So I, I was just going through the list and I, I think they've pretty much got every database there is. So <laughs> if you're wanting to pull that in and, and have just one place where you can actually write your code, but then also see the database and work with it, um, that might be something to take a look at. So, Okay. Maybe unpopular opinion, but are you concerned with how everything's getting shoved into VS Code? <laughs> I <is>? definitely am, <laughs> I'm, and I'm running out of space. I, I <laughs> they, they keep adding stuff. Like I, it's all cool. That's the thing is, it's all cool. But um, I'm still debating whether or not to use Terminal in VS Code. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've actually. St- it's not a big thing, but I've recently gone back to just having my VS code and then having terminal set up, you know, separate and clicking over to mm-hmm. it. So, but yeah, I, you know, we are, we are kind of maybe we're reaching a point of maybe no return. I mean, keep I feel, adding stuff. feel like we need to, we are legally obligated to throw in the Jurassic park meme at this point. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just because you can. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, this is the, it's interesting. The terminal is what drew me to VS Code in the first place. I loved having it attached. But then, like, what are the... You have this one. What are the, the other ones? Uh, Git. I don't use any of the Git features of VS Code. I jump into a different app, or I use the command line. Um, Thunder Client, we did a few, I don't know, probably months ago now. It's like Postman in your VS Code. I use Postman. I, like, I feel oh, like these uh, apps are yeah. probably... Your mileage will vary. I like having dedicated apps. I just think it's crazy how how it is a testament to VS Code's architecture, though, that it can 
basically support apps inside of apps. <laughs> yeah. So, I all, will. I actually, yeah, I agree with app, that. Actually, I mean, we should throw that out there for all the Electron haters. This is an Electron app that does very well. Yeah, I'm still blown away by that, that it's it's an Electron app. And uh, no, I but I, I totally agree with you. There's just there's it's it's getting to a point where it's just kind of too much. And I, I love the simplicity of just having a, you know, a text editor and yeah, a terminal. The only thing that I do use, I do find the Git stuff useful and i'll use it but i've ran into issues with like stashing when you're doing like a git stash sometimes when i'll do it in vs code it just doesn't stash which is a nightmare right (laughs) so if i'm if i need to stash stuff and get i'll hop over to like source tree or something Mm. but well you and i are going to hear from all of the both vs code lovers and the sublime text lovers now telling us Oh, we yeah. Be talking about Sublime Text extensions. We know you exist and you're awesome. <laughs> yes, there's no, no, hey, I, I love Sublime Text and yeah, we'll probably end up back there soon the way things are going. <laughs> it is nice and fast though. I use Sublime Merge, it's their like Git client. Um, even though, I mean, like, I, there's plenty of choices out there, but it's so fast and so nice. <laughs> so, unofficial plug for Sublime Merge. All right, well, let's wrap this up <laughs> with <laughs> talking about our awesome Patreon supporters. Sorry, our sensible Patreon supporters. That's the word of the week. Because, of course, if you are listening to this podcast and you use Oregon's prod- products, it's the sensible thing to do to be a Patreon supporter. So these are people super- personally supporting our open source initiatives to make all of these great pro- box products to, to fund this podcast. Forgebox.io, many other things. We do have annual memberships that you can save 10%. And if you subscribe at a bronze package or up, you get a Forgebox Pro and CFCast subscription included. Additionally, all the Patreon supporters have their own private channel on the Box Team Slack, their own private forum on the community website, and a nifty badge on the community website to show everybody how sensible you really are. And now I have given Grant the fun task of reading through the list of names for yes. the first time. Though I am sad that this isn't the giant list of names because that was more of a that was a better hazing ritual than this one is. But nevertheless, <laughs> yes, away, um, this was the only thing that I was actually nervous about being on the podcast was reading off names. So I'm probably going to butcher them. I mean, no disrespect. I love you all, and we will get it right. So here we go. Uh, top Patreons, we've got John Wilson with uh, Synatrix, Tomorrow's Guides, we've got Jordan Clark, Gary Knight, Mario Rodriguez. We've got uh, Giancarlo Gomez, David Bellinger, Dan Card, Jeffrey McGee with Sunstar Media, Dean Maunder, I believe I'm saying that right, uh, Nolan Irk, and Abdul Rain. So Again, thank you guys so much to our Patreons that help us uh, do this podcast and make a lot of what we do possible. So thank you. And thank you to the many other Patreon supporters that we have. You can see an up-to-date list of all of our Patreons and sponsors on Ordis' website, ordissolutioncom slash about-us slash sponsors. Thank you all. Thanks, Grant, for joining us. We hope you ha- we yeah. have you back on often. Love to be back. Thanks for having me. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you later. Bye, everyone.
Show notes for this episode can be found at cfmlnews.modernizeordie.io, where you can also subscribe to your favorite podcast player like Spotify or iTunes. We also have the link to YouTube to find more videos just like this. The music used in this podcast is under a royalty-free license from Sound.com and Blue Tree Audio.